Hey everybody, I'm Lauren. I'm Emma. And you're listening to The Oak View. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Oak View. Hello everybody. Lauren and I are really excited because she and I are hanging out with a good friend of mine, Megan Kiefer. Is that okay? Can I say your name? Yeah. Yeah, please. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Dr. Megan Kiefer, actually, let me take that back because this girl just got her OD in optometry. That's an eye doctor for those who do not know. Oh, sorry. Like, yeah, that's for eyes. Like me five hours ago. Eyeballs. <laughs> well, we just, we, yeah. Okay. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Bad friend part on me. I didn't introduce Lauren and Megan early on, which I mistake because like they're practically the same person. You'll figure this out in this hangout session. But anyways, Megan just got her doctorate in optometry from the Ohio State University because that's important to some people probably important to most uh, and we're really excited because like I love hearing from people who do diverse things Lauren does too I'm telling you that you do even though you might not I'm just letting people know um but yeah Megan thank you for coming and thank you for being here because you know I love talking to my friends thank you and- Megan Nice to meet you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. It's so cool. And also, like, you're here in my house. I haven't seen Megan in a very long time, so it's been really great to be able to catch up. And now she gets to hang out with my other best friend. And just a clarification, I am a, I'm not Lauren's dental hygienist, so. Yeah, she's, she's not oh, yeah. My, my, we both have a friend named <laughs> Megan separately, and we are speaking with one of them today. And the other one we can't tell about the podcast because we talk about her too much, so shh. It's really true. We do talk about her too much. She might hear this. We need now. to rename this podcast. Like, like um, that's not our podcast. It's actually it, not maybe our that could We're be like maybe we could have like a slogan like we love Megan or like not Megan. <laughs> what <laughs> we love Megan. Search searching for okay, friends Megan, named so. Megan. I don't know. Anyway, Megan, would you please give our listeners just a recap about who you are, maybe the background of your schooling? What do you do now? You know, just a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Megan, as we've already established. <laughs> um, I am from like Western <laughs> Wisconsin area. So kind of grew up in the Midwest like both of you guys did too. Uh, Emma and I met in undergrad Holla. at the University of Minnesota. Yep. Go Gophers. Uh, and I Woo. actually got my degree in chemistry, started in chemical engineering and uh, calculus was just not my gig. So decided to start looking at different career opportunities and fell into optometry. Uh, So after my bachelor's, I went to the Ohio State University to get uh, my optometry degree, which is four years uh, of school after a bachelor's degree. Uh, and now I just graduated last weekend, so I'm a fresh doctor here. Congratulations. Uh, Ooh, she's new. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, very new. Um, currently in the process of getting my That's license awesome, up and going right now. And I am going to be starting a job at a private practice in the Twin Cities area in July. Oh my gosh, that's oh, so that's exciting. So cool. Are you excited? Yeah, Are you nervous? Have you girl. worked there before? Kind of all of the above. Uh, I'm anxious to get started finally. I've done nothing but school my whole life. And so I'm excited to kind of be an adult. But that is also uh, intimidating at the same time. On top of starting a new job, I'm also getting married this year and also trying to find a place to live. So <laughs> there's been a oh lot my going goodness. on. It's all oh my really gosh. exciting. So That is so awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations on recently graduating. Thank you. Yeah, it's so great. This is so cool. I think it's so great. It's been a long time coming, and I can't believe the four years went by so fast for you. It went by so quickly. It was hard to 
kind of live away from friends and family for four years, but it's definitely worth it. And I'm, I'm excited to be headed back home and close to family again. Yeah, we love that, obviously, because I came back and Lauren's here and we're just, you know, the family is the thing. That's the best thing when you're older. And I don't even know. But how did how did you like get into optometry? Yeah, my my uncle actually has an optometry practice. And I always thought that that was really exciting. Uh, our family reunions consisted of a lot of people getting eye exams every year. Everyone would get up Saturday morning. And it'd be <laughs> kind of a fun thing to go to the office and everyone gets their eyes examined. That's funny. And we're all dilated the rest of the day. And everyone's like, it's so bright outside. Um, but that and then my mom. That's so <laughs> You all play like pin the tail and the donkey afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> we should try. We should try. Definitely. Um, my mom actually had a pretty nasty eye injury when I was in college. Uh, I won't get too graphic with it, but she actually cracked her head open on the sidewalk and it caused the inside of her eye to start bleeding. Um, she was considered legally blind for several months. Uh, now that I actually know what the definition of legally blind is, you know, without glasses or correction or anything. And, um, she wasn't able to correct her vision with glasses or contacts. And that's what kind of makes her makes you legally blind at that point um mm-hmm. and over time and with care from her doctors she's now back to 2020 vision again in that eye and wow. uh, that was just a really interesting process to kind of watch her go through and see the healing process and really see how medical eye doctors can treat people it's not just glasses and contacts that's really inspiring but also like it's cool that you had a family background and you know it was a very real experience for you with your mother and like I'm so sorry mom and but like it's 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 a a really great way to get that hands-on observation about how a medical professional can change someone's life. Yeah, definitely. That's one thing I didn't I didn't realize about optometry the the how medical it really can be going into it. A lot of what I do day to day is more medical oriented. I yes, I do the glasses and the contacts, but that's that's a very small portion of what my job actually is. That is so cool. So okay, this is not an important question. <laughs> you listen to our podcast, what? so you know I'm just going to ask a bunch of very <laughs> odd questions. Um, here is my first question. Since your job requires you to gaze into people's eyes, do you feel like you can tell things about this, this person? Do you have a favorite color eye? Have you ever looked into somebody's eyes and been like, I'm so sorry for whatever you're going through right now because I see it. Do you feel like eyes are a gateway to your soul or do you feel like that they are just oh a God, medical answer? <laughs> You're overwhelming her. I, I'm overwhelmed. And before you said that I was, you were going to be the one who did this. <laughs> I know I was going to be the one that's all like jacked up on coffee, but this girl's asking like a million questions. <laughs> also, do you ever fall in love? Are people's eyes just so amazing that you're just like, God, I could, I could be with you forever. Yeah, several love stories that- throughout the day. You know, it just constantly. Mm, sorry, Robert. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Robert. <laughs> um, no, but seriously. <laughs> favorite color eyes? I think I'd probably would have to say blue. I'm a little partial to that. My eyes are blue, but they do look pretty cool mm. when I'm using the microscope. It's kind of the absent. Blue eyes have less pigment in them, and so you can actually see a little bit more typically in their eyes. It's easier to see some of the anatomical structures, and so that's why I'm a little bit more partial to blue eyes as Emma's like cringing as I'm like anatomical structures. Um. That was beautiful. Yeah. That was like the most majestic way to describe an eye. <laughs> but as far as, you know, 
relationships. I get that more from talking to patients instead of staring into their eyes. I do enjoy the patient care aspect of optometry a lot. Optometrists get to spend a lot of time with their patients and actually spend one-on-one time talking to them and getting to know them. And I really enjoy that Mm -hmm. aspect of it because patients really want that face-to-face time with their doctor. Uh, As far as relationships with patients, I did have a patient on one of my rotations um, tell me she was a medium and proceeded to read my entire family history. And that was a little creepy. Um, I was with her for about two hours. Yeah. So that's were you like at the end, were you like, please get out of my office? Like (laughs) it was very creepy. And my attending actually came into the room and was like, oh, what's going on? You've been in here for a long time. Um, And then everyone else in the clinic wanted to be read by this medium. So definitely an eye opening (laughs) experience. That's crazy. Also, like maybe they were nuts. But like when Megan told me this story, I was in shock because they were talking about things that like no one besides like close family knows. Yeah. That's crazy. So it's like crazy. It was definitely crazy. But then some of it was so far out there, too. Like, she walked out of the exam room at the end of the exam and announced to the entire uh, clinic that I was pregnant when I was, in fact, not. Um, <laughs> not okay, so she was crazy. That was a little crazy. And then the rest of the day, people were congratulating me on, on my pregnancy that I wasn't even aware <laughs> of. Maybe it was like a metaphorical pregnancy, like you were birthing your doctorate and they just didn't realize <laughs> We'll go with that. We'll go with that. But they were saying that the girl two rooms down from me had been trying to get pregnant. So maybe they thought it was her. So I don't know. Oh, hey. See, it was close. It's just yeah, a door off. Yeah, a couple doors away. <laughs> okay, Megan, let's debunk then optometry. You said it's more than lenses, mm-hmm. contacts, and eyeglasses. So like, what are we doing here? Like, how did we get here? Like, where are we going? What am I learning? What kind of tools are we using? Yeah. So one thing that I always like to try to explain first is there's a lot of O's in optometry. There's optometry, there's ophthalmology, optician. Uh, so to kind of clarify what those are. So your optician, those are the people that when you yes, thank you. Yeah, when you go uh, to the eye doctor and you're picking out your glasses and they're fitting the frames for you, making sure that the frames fit your face. Not only do they, if they look good on you, but making sure they actually fit your face, walking you through your lens option selections, making sure you get the correct lenses that are going to help you have the best vision with the prescription, uh, and then helping you care for your glasses uh, throughout the lifespan of your glasses, as cheesy as that sounds. The optometrist, which is what I am, uh, they are a doctor. They have a doctorate degree, a doctor of optometry, which is a four-year degree after you have your four-year bachelor's degree. So it's eight years of school in that sense. Um, they are optometrists diagnose, prescribe, treat ocular disease. So I do the glasses and the contacts. I do uh, the refractive aspect of eye care, but then I also do the, can you, can you define refractive? Yeah. So refractive would be the whole one or two thing. When they put the instrument in Mm, front of your face mm. and they go, which is better, one or two, A or B, Mm, Um, right? and try to find the best glasses prescription for you. Okay. Okay. And they also fit contacts. It's also part of a refractive aspect of an eye exam. The medical... Man, I'm learning something every day. (laughs) The medical part is usually when they dilate your eyes. Uh, Getting a dilated eye exam is super important. You should do it at least once. You should do it once a year. Uh, If you're young and healthy, a lot of times we'll say every other year uh, to get the eyes dilated, but you should be seeing your eye doctor yearly. Little uh, pitch My doctor sucks then. (laughs) I've never done that in my entire life. Yep. I know. See, everyone knows to go to the dentist twice a year, but you should be going to the eye doctor once a year. Hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, well now it's on my calendar. And well, you're my doctor, so I'm just gonna yeah, come have to, to come you. See so me. it's fine. Come see me in Minnesota. Mm. Okay, well keep going. Yeah, I love so this. as an optometrist, I can diagnose, prescribe, and treat. So diabetes can affect the eyes significantly. So that's a condition that I see a lot that we treat. Uh, things like macular degeneration, glaucoma, cataracts, all of those uh, gnarly eye diseases that you hear about. Now, an ophthalmologist, they can do everything an optometrist does, but they are the ones that do the surgery on eyes. So an ophthalmologist, uh, also bachelor's degree, and then four years of med school, so general med school, and then they do a residency in ophthalmology where that's where they learn about the eye and then learn how to do surgery on the eye. Uh, So an ophthalmologist is the one that's doing your cataract surgery and is doing your retinal detachment surgeries uh, and those those kind of things. So anything where there's surgery involved, LASIK, LASIK is another thing that they do as well. Note to self, never have an ophthalmologist on the podcast. Yeah. Because that sounds like it's a little bit more gruesome. Little You're bit. exactly who we Lauren. want to talk to. Yeah. We want to talk to <laughs> like a the diagnoser. Yep. We want to talk about the people that want to know things. Those are That's you. That's a good okay. thing. Yeah. That's, you know, I really didn't even know that there was such a difference between the yeah. three because I always assumed that I was going to an ophthalmologist. Mm-hmm. I didn't know I was going to. Or you just say, oh, I'm um, going to the eye you know, doctor and you don't really think right. much more I didn't more even realize. That. Now, the people that are just doing prescription, and you said the refractal mm-hmm. um, pieces, do they have a doctor? Yeah. Yep. So you you get a doctor to do that. Now, sometimes I have been at practices as well, too, where when you're doing the one or two portion of the exam, their technicians are trained to do that. So okay. that's not uncommon to okay. see because that does take a lot of time. That takes a lot of chair time away from the doctor in that face-to-face time that they get with the patient to actually discuss the um to actually discuss what's going on with their eyes. So a lot of times people will train their technicians and their support staff to do a good portion of the eye exam like that so that I can actually sit down with you and be like, all right, Mrs. Smith, you have cataracts. Here's what we need to do from here. Here's what cataracts are. Here's what we're going to do to help improve your vision Mm -hmm. instead of me sitting there doing one or two with you when I can train someone else to do that. Do you like having that that chair time with your your patients? Is that something that's very important to you as a doctor? How do you feel about like giving people sometimes hard news? That's the part that actually drew me to optometry the most is the fact that there is such a high amount of chair time that I get to actually talk with my patients. I have been blown away really with my fourth year rotations at how many you know, glaucoma patients I had come through and they didn't know what glaucoma was. Uh, they mm. Glaucoma is often treated with eye drops. There's several different treatments for it, but it's often treated with eye drops. And the amount of times that patients said, I take these eye drops, uh, they told me I have glaucoma. I don't think they're helping. I don't, what is glaucoma? And so I would have, you know, a good discussion with them about this is what glaucoma is. This is how it's affecting your vision. And here's why you are taking your drops. Uh, optometrists actually have that time to be able to sit down and have those conversations with patients, which I really mm-hmm. appreciate. And I feel that that's what patients appreciate too. They want to know what's yeah. going on. It's really difficult. A lot of conditions with the eyes don't necessarily affect your vision right away. We do a lot of preventative things. And when I tell you to take a medication and you're not noticing any difference and you're not noticing any changes, it's really difficult to encourage you to continue to take that medication. That's very interesting. The proper education there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really impressed. Uh, yeah, I'm, like, this is this is more information I ever knew about. I, I think it's. I'm really impressed that like 
you, you, that's the part that you really like about your job and why you chose to be where you are because you like having educating people on the health of their eyes. When I was thinking Mm -hmm. that maybe it might be not the best part of your day to have to like re-explain the same disease Mm -hmm. over and over again over multiple days. Mm -hmm. But that, that's an interesting perspective. I think that like helps me a lot. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point, Lauren, too. I mean, I think I definitely will get to a point in my career where it it, it does get hard to say the same thing over and over again. And you feel like you're just getting really repetitive. And that's, that's what leads to burnout in a lot of doctors too, is, you know, just kind of having the same, same conversations over and over again. You feel like no one's listening to you. However, I feel like there's a lot of times that, you know, different professions don't always have that time to take and they feel so rushed to get through and you have, oh my gosh, I have to see, I have to see 20 patients this morning or I'm not going to meet my quota or we have to make sure that we get patients in and out of here in X amount of time. I feel very fortunate. I'm ending up in a practice where it's very open. They want you to spend the time with patients. They want you to have that aspect. I am not rushed in and out of an exam room. Uh, Mm. That's great. So I have... While you were talking before, I wrote down a lot of questions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I saw you right there. I was like, she's scribbling up in there. She's got are, more crazy Are you is. ready? I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Okay. So before you, when you were talking about your mom's, you said she was legally blind and then they repaired her vision to be like 2020 vision, which 100% awesome. For regular, like, hey, I just wear my contacts. I just wear my glasses. You know, it's. I I have good vision. I literally know nothing about eye care. My husband has glasses like that. One time I literally asked my friends, do you wear your glasses in the shower? Because I have no idea. I I just want everybody to know that I know nothing about eye care. (laughs) I appreciate the honesty. (laughs) She said, do you wear your glasses in the shower? Like one day it just dawned on me that that (laughs) my friends might not be able to like see their shampoo bottle. Anyway. Why am I talking so much? <laughs> my, I love this side of Lauren. Here is my question. Um, so in in your mom's case, her eyesight was able to be repaired for like the regular average. Hey, my prescription gets like a little bit stronger every two to three years. Yeah, we're not repairing your vision. So can you normally repair vision? Because I'm also um, comparing this because like to like hearing loss, like when you lose your hearing, you cannot get it back. Like it cannot be repaired. Um, so is that sometimes you can repair your eyesight and sometimes you can't, can you explain that? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I actually get that a lot. So glasses and contacts are the refractive aspect of optometry, kind of what we were talking about a little bit ago. So what glasses and contacts do is they actually bend the light when it enters your eye before Mm -hmm. it hits the retina, which is kind of like a camera film on the back of your eye. And that's what helps us see. So when things are blurry, the light needs to be refracted and refracted a certain way in order to make it clear so we thank can see you. a clear image. Thank you, high school science class, for teaching me yes. this. Yes. Yep. So all those like ray diagrams. Concave. Convex. Cur- I can yeah, remember. And exactly. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> Concave, convex, if the light's bending certain ways. Yep. That's what glasses and contacts do. So because our eyes can be longer, shorter, you know, they're, they're uh, 
the smallest change of even just a, a fraction of a millimeter can change what your refractive error is. And so that is so cool. Your eyes grow as you grow and that prescription can change. And so that's why sometimes we need to update our glasses or we need to update our contacts. The front part of the eye where like contact lens goes called the cornea, mm-hmm. that can also affect how light is bent as it goes into the eyes. Uh, people with mm. dry eye, if your tears aren't stable, the tears on the front part of your eye, that messes up the refraction. And so then things look blurry again there too. So that, when we talk about uh, fixing vision with glasses and contacts, that's a refractive portion. Now, the eye is a giant sphere that sits inside of your head. And so there's a lot more going on on the inside of it. On the inside of your eye, there's all different kinds of things like blood vessels and nerve cells and all just kinds of different fluids. It's I'm trying not to gross out Lauren too Lauren, much here. Get over it. But you're... This is information for the I, Honestly, your it was eye. the word sphere that did it for me. Oh, gosh. It was sphere. It wasn't <laughs> fluids. It was fluids for me. I was like, who? <laughs> Okay, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun just watching your two faces, like you know, as I say, different like, trigger oh words God, that here sounds almost. Great. <laughs> but things inside the eye can also happen too. Like I said, diabetes can affect the eye, high blood pressure, thyroid conditions, all different kinds of things can affect the eye. And that's affecting the inside of your eye. And that can affect the inside of your eye. And those are things that we can't always fix. So in my mom's oh. case, what happened with her? She had a blood vessel that was inside her eye that actually popped open and leaked into the eye. So th- wow. so the blood was physically blocking the light getting to her retina. And so that's why okay, she that's couldn't see. So once that that's once crazy. that blood settled and was healed and we stopped the bleeding inside the eye, then her vision was able to clear up again. So did you have to poke her? <laughs> well, not you, but did someone have to poke her? In her case, I think they actually just let it settle she had to be upright for a long time so the blood could actually oh my settle gosh. inside the wow. eye because of gravity uh and then it the her body eventually took care of it and uh got rid of got rid of the blood in the eye and it cleared up are eye doctors able to help like the nerves on the back of your eye that like connect the vision to your brain yeah so your eye, whenever I dilate your eyes and I look inside, I can see the optic nerve. And that is the physical cord that connects your eye to your brain. I'm sorry. Yeah, what did you, did you cool just say? When you go you can yep. see through my eye to the cord that connects it to I my can. brain? Lori, have you ever gotten your eyeball picture at the um, doctor? No, because I... She just told me that I should go to the dye doctor every year, but I don't do that. And because I always pass my eye test when I Girl. go to get my driver's test or whatever. And I need to find this. I have really good vision. Me. I have 2020 vision. Should I? And I'm. And now I will probably do go you? to the eye are doctor. You, are you she sure you do? But now you're embarrassing me. When's the last me? time you checked? Well, when's the last time? Okay, you but checked? here's the are thing: you sure if you dilate my, wait, like, can I go on the internet and find a picture of this? Yeah, yeah. If you Google, what do I even search? Okay, I'm gonna do it right now. If you Google, let I'm, me, am let I me gonna do freak out? Here. Uh, we'll find out. <laughs> look through eye, eye ner- dilated eyes. What do I Google? Let's do. I'm trying to find the picture of my eyeball so I can show Lauren. Yeah, let's. I'm gonna have you Google fundus image. F U N D U S image. If you're at home, please follow along. <laughs> what am I looking at? It looks like a picture of the sun, but with veins. 
Yeah, that's, yep, that's the right thing. That's what you should be looking that's at. That's what you see? Yep, that is what I see when I so, dilate your eyes. So I see that there's like a lighter, like like a ball of light in the sun. That is, that is the optic nerve. So your eye is transparent. So where all of, so where all of, you see all, where all the veins and blood vessels are coming out and the kind of that lighter portion. Yeah, this all makes that sense, is, guys. I'm freaking that is out your optic right now. Nerve. Yep. So I actually I, didn't know this. Like I learned this in like my first day of school and it was probably something I should have known before even going to optometry school, but I didn't. So your pupil, the black part of your eye on the front. Right? Yes. Is that the part in, the, they... in like the center? Can I see that no. on this picture? So your your pupil is not actually a physical structure. Right. Your it's just like a. Is a window that goes straight into the back of the eye. Yeah. It's so just like a cave. T- yep. So that's why when you take a picture and you get a red reflex, it's that red retina reflecting back at you. Shut up. Yeah. Just sh- shut up right now. What? <laughs> Emma, did you know that? <laughs> Lori, no, I did not. But also, like, don't be rude. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, this is literally, she is reacting the same way I did, like, on my first day of optometry school. Yeah. Like, what M- is Megan this? and I are so similar. <laughs> she, <laughs> I am I am asking all the same questions she asked herself eight years ago when she started school. <laughs> yeah. So. I, you I just blew my mind. Nerve, yeah. So your optic nerve is actually really interesting. So there's a lot of different things I have sent. Um, this is this is always a sad day when you talked about, you know, delivering bad news. I can look at that optic nerve and sometimes that optic nerve can look swollen. If the optic nerve is swollen, mm. that usually means that there's something going on behind mm. the optic nerve and behind the optic nerve is the brain. Yikes. Um, so there are several things you mm. can pick up on an eye exam that require me to send you out for brain imaging. Um, to see what else is going on. Wow. That's really scary. And the sad part about that is that it's usually in, you know, healthy people didn't know that something else was going on. Um, so we've sent, you know, perfectly healthy people out for, I'm like, I need you to get this brain scan. We're seeing, um, the early signs of what could be something potentially dangerous. So we want you to get checked out. Um, we have diagnosed diabetes from an eye exam before, they're okay that's, that's rough that's kind of really rough like hey i was just trying yep. to update my contact prescription and yikes. yeah and that's why eye exams are so important because the eye is the only po- Lauren, i'm the sold only part of <laughs> the eye is the only part of the body that we can see blood vessels in real time so all those blood vessels that you see in that picture i can when i look inside the I'm eye sorry. i see the blood vessels in real time she just said that like it was no big deal you that's the only place you can see blood vessels in real time yep this is so think crazy. about where I'm think really about where else this. in your body unless you're undergoing surgery or anything i i can't non-invasively look at the vascular structure in your body she's so right you gotta take an image or you have to inject a dye or you have to do some sort of imaging yeah wow you have a cool job you can't just like cut open (laughs) you can't right because like you can't just like cut open the heart yeah and look at it without like well i just didn't know that that's so cool yeah and i we've I've seen strokes in the eye. You can see early signs of stroke in the eye. Um, there's really interesting research going on right now. I think we're a few years out from from being able to do this, but early signs of Alzheimer's and autism are being caught. Um, that's cool. It it is really interesting. 
um like let's just pause okay. so i can like schedule an eye appointment right now like <laughs> Oh my goodness. Okay, you and me are going to drive up to Minnesota and we're going to go get Oh my god, wouldn't that be so much fun? That'd be great. That'd be the best road <laughs> trip ever. So, we're going to okay, take a road trip to get an it's eye exciting. exam. <laughs> what, what brings you to... I'm so pumped. <laughs> I love... We'll get lunch after. Uh, Megan we'll is... What brings after. you to It'll Minnesota? Oh, just getting my yearly checkup with Megan. <laughs> oh wait, pause. My, uh, Lauren, do you want to be my date for Megan's wedding? <laughs> Am I invited? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyways, if it's okay with Megan, of course. (laughs) Of of course. Yeah. If if she's not like secretly hoping that people are saying no to her wedding or that less people show up or anything like that, we we told Emma she can bring whoever she wants. So I was told I was allowed to bring as many people as I want because every other wedding I've been in, I got screwed. Anyways, okay. (laughs) I have an eye question. Okay, two questions actually. So because we can observe these legit, extensively in you know invasive detail does that necessarily mean that um everything can be uh i don't want to say worked on but like cured preventative like is there a lot of benefit in that moment to say okay like although you do have glaucoma like here are all the options you have versus like you see someone at the most extreme state of mind where you're like i can't help you Yeah, so the unfortunate part about some eye diseases like glaucoma is once you start to notice, once the patient starts to notice the visual symptoms of it, it's usually too late to reverse it. So if I have someone that comes in with vision loss, like true vision loss, a true deficit, some form of permanent damage that has been done, I cannot get that vision back for you. What I can do Mm. is I can help prevent it from getting worse. I can work with you to find ways to make sure that it doesn't get any worse. We can uh, monitor you a little bit more closely in order to make sure that there's no progression and that our treatment's working. Sometimes, like in my mom's case, the type of condition that she had, we were able to do something with to help. There are a lot of different surgeries for different eye conditions that we can do to help as well. Uh, But glaucoma is one of those conditions where if your vision's being affected by glaucoma, it's too late for me to get that vision back. Is there a age group that you can expect some of these diseases? Is that a proper word, disease? Yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, you know. For example, cataracts. Most people have heard of cataracts. I uh, hate to break it to you, but every single person is going to get cataracts eventually. If we live long enough, everyone will have cataracts. Yep. Sorry, mom. Cool. You have them already. So Yeah. So most people. What do you mean cool? <laughs> I think it's interesting. It's okay. So like people don't think like about, we know for you know, sure. like, oh, I can, I, you know, I'm going to make this product that can make it. Everybody live to 200. And then Megan's over here is like, they're all going to be blind. Yeah. Exactly. You're all going to have cataracts. <laughs> okay, so two things we know in life. One, we're going to die, and two, we're getting cataracts. Yep, there you go. Love it. Yeah, <laughs> there are only a few certainties in life. <laughs> live long and prosper. You might go deaf and blind. One of the two. Guaranteed the blindness. We okay, shouldn't be okay, joking sorry. about I, cataracts. I so many... No, but like, it's also kind of normal, right? Like, I assume that, like, my, my mom, she has onset cataracts like she's not gonna go like blind blind is she or could she what's going on oh my god (laughs) (laughs) what just happened (laughs) oh man this is great (laughs) mom don't listen stop listening no mrs rakowski you're gonna be fine i promise so thank you okay we're going to minnesota so what a cataract is is there is a lens that sits inside your eye it sits right behind the colored part of the eye so we can't see it when we look at each other but there's a lens that sits there and that lens is naturally clear so we're able to see through it. 
over time, as we have mm. more and more birthdays and just get a little bit more experienced in life, we that lens starts yeah. to get cloudy and turn yellow and become a little bit more stiff. And that's what we call a cataract is when it starts to get cloudy and yellow. I can see how okay. bad that is on an eye exam. And you can also tell me how bad it is when you come in and say things like, the glare is really bad when I drive at night or lights are really bothering me. Uh, we keep cur- making changes to your glasses prescription and it's not helping. You're still not seeing that 2020 line on the eye chart, even though we're changing your glasses prescription and things just don't seem better for you. That is a retina. That's my eyeball. That is your eyeball. You sent me those. Yes, you did. Yeah. I know. It's hard to see through a screen, but yes. (laughs) Sorry, I have ADD. Continue. Uh, But cataract surgery is one of the most common surgeries done in the United States uh, because pretty much everyone will need it at some point. What they do in cataract surgery is they actually go into the eye and they take out that cloudy lens and they put in a brand new plastic clear one that has your glasses prescription in it. So after you have cataract surgery, you usually do not need glasses for distance. Okay, so what's... Get out of town. Which people get really excited about. (laughs) So what's the difference between that and LASIK? LASIK. That's what I was just about to ask. Oh my God, we got twin brains. (laughs) So LASIK affects the front part of your eye, the cornea. That clear part on the front of the eye where the contact lens goes. And what LASIK does is it affects that refractive surface that we were talking about earlier by using a laser to reshape the front part of your eye so that the light bends properly when it enters the eye. Mm. Okay. Now, is that is that a long-term thing? Because that sounds pretty short So a lot of people, when they get LASIK, think that it's going to last forever. And then you turn 40 and you're in my chair saying, I got LASIK and it doesn't work anymore. LASIK is a wonderful mm-hmm. procedure. A lot of people have really benefited from it. A lot of people really love the freedom from their glasses and contacts. One thing that will happen with LASIK, and it will happen to everyone, is you start to get into your 40s, 50s, our up-close vision starts to get worse. Yeah. And that happens to everyone, mm. even if you had LASIK done. And that's not something people so always understand that's funny before they get LASIK. Because if I had a cataract surgery plus LASIK surgery, my eyeballs are, like, in tip-top shape. Yeah. So you're saying not 2020, you're saying 20 plus 20. Like my my far sight, my short sight is like good to go for a few years. She said her far <laughs> I don't sight. Know. Emma, I'm about to blow your mind. 2040 is worse than 2020. Wait, get out of town. I thought we'd go up in numbers. We're happy. 2015 is better than 2020. Okay, I'm confused. 2015 like was better than 2020. Up, 2015 was an all right year. 2020 sucked. 2020 okay, was terrible. A, a, one star. Half a star. You know, anyway. Optometrists were, were so happy for the year 2020, and then it literally blew up in our faces. There were so many parties planned, <gasps> oh, and they were all canceled. I'm so sorry for that. Oh, it was wow. really sad. Especially the class. It was our Especially fault. the class was supposed to graduate last year. Yeah, like, like the thought, class of yeah. 2020. Mm. Oh, I'm so... Wow. Let's have a yeah. moment of silence. Thank okay. you. <laughs> wow, that was great. <laughs> It was so short. You didn't even like give a minute for me to breathe. Optometrist everywhere. We're so I sorry. I thought you're welcome to to all the optometrist fans that are you listening. Are. Anyway, all the eye people, we shout out to you. And hey, we all have eyes. We do. Hopefully, the hills have eyes. Um. Okay. I I I have another question. I know Emma has one more. Um. My next question 
is mine are all medical. Okay, well, I have some medical and then some silly ones. I'll I'll here here's a good medical one. Okay, so you're you're talking about looking through the pupil into the eye. Yes. Does that look different if somebody is blind? Like if you look at a blind person's eye, what looks oh, different than a seeing person's eye? Yeah, that has a lot of different answers to it. So yes, it can. And sometimes when someone is blind and I look in their eye, I can't tell a difference. What? That's cool. So, yeah. So does, does so it just depend of, no. on like how the level that they are blind? It depends. Well, that and it also depends what's causing their blindness. So you can okay. you can be blind at so many different levels in the eye. So you have to remember you have your eye and then you have the optic nerve that connects your eye all the way back to your brain. Up to there is an insane percentage. I, it's like more than eighty percent of some of the fibers in your brain have some responsibility to some aspect of vision. I'll have to double check that fact, but it's it's an insane high amount. Um, so your visual tract actually goes all the way back, all yeah. the way to the back of the brain as well. So mm-hmm. if something in the brain, like a stroke, if you have a stroke and it takes out enough fibers from, say, your right eye. You could be blind in that eye, and I'm not going to notice any difference from the eye aspect of gotcha. it. Gotcha. Yep. But if I look, but if I look at your brain scans from after you had a stroke, it can be really easy to tell that's why you're not seeing well. Or there's different what tests you like do being... to look. You no, you go ahead. Okay. What I was like, what about being like born blind? Because like, don't you pretty f- discover that in infants pretty early on? So it's like that the same process, and like it's just different. Will their yeah, eye so develop of... differently? It can. Yeah, completely. Yeah, you can have different developmental uh, things. You can have uh, their vision be affected later in life. Sometimes something is blocking the vision of the eye, like a cataract that they were born with uh, that the parents didn't know about. And that can cause decreased vision and decreased development of the eye. That leads to amblyopia or lazy eye. Um, That's exactly what I wanted to talk about. What causes a lazy eye? So what is the part where on your eyeball... Does it control how I move my eyeball? So you have six muscles that connect to each of your eyes. Six? Wow, I have 12 muscles working hard for me every day. Peripheral vision, thank you. Okay, so what what causes the lazy eye? Peripheral vision. The lazy eye can be caused by a bunch of different things. And people use lazy eye to define different things as well. It's kind of a general term. So sometimes people, when they say lazy eye, they mean one eye is physically turned in or turned out or the eyes just aren't aligned. That's an eye muscle problem. Uh, Some people use lazy eye uh, to say, you know, my right eye has always been my bad eye. It just doesn't see as well. And sometimes an eye cannot be correctable to 20-20. That's what amblyopia is, is when I have an eye that I can't correct to 20-20 and I'm not finding any other pathological reason wrong with the eye to explain why uh, the vision's reduced, then that's amblyopia. So when we're born, we don't see 20-20. Our eyes have to develop to the point yes. to be able to see twenty twenty, and so if something I didn't know if that. something affects that development and the eye is not able to get to a point to see twenty twenty, then that is amblyopia. Do not shine flashlights in your baby's eyes. Got it? <laughs> what? Why would you do that? So do people do that? No. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. Sorry, I just. Okay, but one but also, something wow. that you. You see this a lot on social media, and I've had friends ask me about this before too. Is um, questions of a white pupil 
when they take pictures of a baby and sometimes the pupil looks white in the pictures, that is a huge red flag that you need to take your child in for an eye exam. That oh is my gosh, that's good to know. Alert. Yep. Um, Please share that information. Retinoblastoma is a condition that is seen, uh, it usually appears in babies uh, that... Is, is, it, is it saying that the eye. it's a tumor oh, inside the eye? It's yeah, because that red reflex. Something yep. is blocking the red. Something is blocking exactly. you from seeing through the eye. Wow. It's, that's so exactly. crazy. So here's a little plug. Anyone that has a baby that's under 12 months old can get a free eye exam uh, through a program called Infant C. So you can look online, uh, just Google Infant C, and you'll find a provider near you that's able to do those eye exams. Uh, your first eye exam should be somewhere between six months and 12 months of age. I'm really going to call my brother right after this. <laughs> so I... Oh, yeah. Lauren's new. <laughs> I had a uh, couple of rotations through school where I got to do eye exams on little babies. And so that was... So, sometimes it's good. And so, sometimes they play with you and sometimes they want nothing to do with yeah. you. So. <laughs> Which makes sense. Do you... Okay. So, one, we're going to plug that information yes. below. So, please look in the description and you'll, we'll make sure you get all the information you need. That's insane. I think a lot of people have that misconception because I... I again, just like we talked about earlier, I had no idea that all of these details matter. Mm-hmm. Nor did I understand that, like, you can per, like you can help yourself by you know, going to the doctor, obviously. I think about that medically for myself when it comes to my thyroid, but like, I don't think about that when it comes to my eyes because I'm like, you know what? I got no problems. I'm 26 years old. Reality check, Emma. That's not Mm -hmm. the case. Not for everybody. Have you ever experienced um, like an infant who like, I I don't know how to describe this. I'm thinking about how, you know, you're saying that development will change over time. Infancy is not necessarily a clear depiction about what it's going to look like in their adult age. Exactly. But like, can you t- can you tell in some regard about anything in a small age what might be the foreseeable future? Yeah. So that initial infancy exam is really to look for the big scary things to make sure that nothing is going on and to make sure that their eyes are on track to develop at a pace that is normal. So we can get a pretty good idea at six months, the health of the eye. And at that exam too, we're starting to ask, you know, parents, are you noticing an eye turn? Have you noticed anything weird? Do they fight you more when one eye is covered versus the other? That's one of the things that we look for at an eye exam as well. We also dilate their eyes a lot of times too, uh, because Mm -hmm. we want to look for those big, scary things. And we do um, kind of a modified refraction on them as well. There is a typical prescription that we expect to see in babies, and that changes every every few months or so. And so we look to make sure that they're on track with that. It's kind of like when you take your infant in for like their well baby checks, and they're making sure that their head circumference is what it's supposed to be, and their height and weight are on track. We're looking to see, okay, is this eye is this eye prescription? Is this where we want it to be given their age? And if it's not, mm-hmm. then we can prescribe glasses to help kind of curtail that and uh, make sure that everything. I think like the little progress. kitty glasses right. and the little baby glasses are the cutest things in the whole wide world. They're like the rubber oh, ones that like get wrapped around. <laughs> There's their brain. nothing I love more than I seeing a baby wondered. with those. <laughs> but I always wondered why they would have to have them and how you'd be able to fit them for their prescription because I'm like they can't tell you if like one or two yep. or A or B or. You know, so like that, that's a, that takes a lot yeah, of, that's you know, cool. smart, intelligent people plus really good tools to see. Yeah, that. there are objective ways that we can, that we can actually get a good idea of that too. So, wow. Um, 
what I'm really curious about, like the experiences that you've had in your schooling. And um, I know that you've been doing externships before you were able to even get this license and you had to take really big tests. So can you talk a little bit more about your educational background and like what are the experiences that you've had along the way? Yeah, every school is a little bit different. Uh, There's about 25 optometry schools in the country right now so there's not that many it's a pretty small profession Uh, it is growing pretty quickly too so the school that I went to my first year was pretty much all classroom so it was all didactic classes so all day five days a week I was in class Uh, can you define didactic just your regular science classes Uh, we did all of our eye anatomy classes we had anatomy labs we uh, started like this is the eye. This is what this the is eye what all the parts is. of the yep. eye. Yeah, this is how the eye works. We had um, a general human physiology course that we had to take as well because you know if we're looking for signs of diabetes in the eye, we better know what diabetes is uh, and high blood pressure and how that well, affects eyes and those kind of things too. Mm-hmm. So our first year, I would assume everything's connected. Yeah. So our first year, it's a lot of book work. It's a lot of all right. Here's what the eye is learning inside and out. Uh, we also got to shadow in the clinic a little bit during our first year as well, just to get an idea of how an eye exam flows. Second year, we still had a bunch of classes that we had to take, but we started to get ourselves into clinic. So at the end of my second year of school, I got to do my first eye exams on my friends and family. Uh, Those eye exams (laughs) took multiple hours a piece, and now I can do an eye exam in 20 minutes. So uh, you you have a lot of growth from that second year until when you graduate fourth year. Your third year, it's about 50% in clinic, in the clinic at the school, seeing patients and then in class still. So it's about 50-50 split. During your third year, you also start to study for your national board exams. There are three national board exams that you have to take to be an optometrist. Two of them are written and one of them is actually in person in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's, It's set up kind of like a practical uh, where you have to go and do an exam on uh, patients there. And then your fourth That's crazy. Your fourth year is all clinicals. So the way Ohio State is set up is that we have to do three four-month-long rotations. Uh, every Ohio State student is required to do one of those rotations at a Veterans Affairs Hospital. Because that's where you see a lot of disease. That's, that's great. You see a lot of disease wow. really quickly. Uh, so my Veterans Affairs Hospital that I went to was actually out in Hampton, Virginia. So I got to live out there last summer. Uh, it was absolutely wonderful. I loved it. I loved the, being at the VA hospital. I loved working with the patients there. I also loved living on the East Coast and trying something completely different that I've never done before. Yeah, that's awesome. And then uh, another one of our rotations, we do what they call an ODMD site. So it's an optometrist and an ophthalmologist. So you're doing a lot of co-managing of the surgeries. uh, I got to shadow Mm -hmm. a lot of surgery. Um, I got to see a lot of the surgical procedures being done. So I know what I'm referring my patients for, how those surgeries work, how to properly do the pre and post-op care, see what kind of complications can potentially come up and uh, just get to learn kind of a different practice modality of optometry. And then our last rotation we have to do is there are some specialty clinics at the optometry college that we rotate through. Um, So I did some work with low vision. So learning how to teach patients who have permanently reduced vision, how to live with their vision and how to best utilize their vision and to make sure that they're able to get by in day-to-day life. Uh, I did a contact lens 
uh, clinic, uh, rotation and contact lens clinic. Uh, there's all different kinds of contact lenses out there. There are hard lenses, soft lenses, big lenses, small lenses. Uh, learn to work with all of those. Uh, and then I also did uh, binocular vision and pediatrics clinic as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So then you complete four years of school and you have to pass all three parts of your board, national board exams. And then that is how you get to apply for your license. Um, you know, it's, it's super simple. <laughs> no, that's, yeah, that's no big deal. Hard at yeah, all. Just, do, right. just do a bunch of clinics. That's just well, one uh, word, knows, clinic, whatever. <laughs> Emma knows how stressful it was. It was not easy. <laughs> I have honestly, no regrets honestly, at all, but it was, I, I love it. I love what I'm doing. And I think, I think witnessing you in this particular setup in all the different locations was just really important as my friend to like, observe your stress levels because you know this was not just like a typical college stressor this was not typically anything that like I could have explained or tried to help with and it was really great to like see you thrive in all of those different environments and even when you were like unsure of yourself because you know you're brand new right you were still willing to like seek out that information and make sure you had the best mentors and make sure you asked the right questions and that's like Obviously, that's why you're a doctor. Yeah, you know, you 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 did that's the right awesome. thing. That's awesome. Um, I d- I just think it's I think it's crazy. I mean, like I obviously, you know, I give a hands, you know, clap, yeah, clap, clap, clap to all the doctors out there, you know, for anything because you really don't realize all the details and the components that come into it. So good for you, Megan. Great job. Well, thank you. And you know, I I think I speak for a lot of doctors when I say this is you know it. It's frustrating as a patient when you're, you know, in a waiting room for a long time or when the insurance doesn't go through or you just you feel like mm. you're not getting the care that you want, but I the the good majority of doctors are there cuz they truly want to help people and there are a lot of different factors that go into you physically coming into the doctor than just you seeing the doctor. Um yeah. insurance mm-hmm. is crazy. You could go to school and get a four-year degree in insurance and still not know what is going on. I as your provider cannot tell you I there's no way I can tell you you know it's going to cover this much or you're going to owe this much. There's no way that I can know that for certain. And it's those kind of things that start to overshadow the care that doctors want to give. So I always just tell people, you know, when you're sitting in the waiting room a little long past your appointment, there was probably an emergency that came in or there was something else that came up that needed to be dealt with right away. Um, it's not that they're sitting in the back room scrolling through scrolling through Instagram, just waiting for something to do and trying to kill your time. Um, they really, we, we really do want want to help you as best as we can. And uh, just sometimes the systems aren't always in place that we're allowed to do that. Uh, it's always really sad when I have a drug, I can prescribe a patient that I think will really help them and their insurance denies it and uh, they, they they can't afford it. So, and that... I don't even want to get started yeah. on that. That just drives yep. me nuts. Yep. And I, I have seen doctors over and over again, you know, sitting in their back rooms, trying on the phone with insurance agencies, mm-hmm. trying to get approval for certain medications. And um, there's a lot more that goes on in their lives besides just coming in to see you. They're doing more for your care behind the scenes as well. I think that's a really awesome perspective to talk about just like um, any medical care, right? And mm-hmm. and dealing with insurance. But one of the questions that I had written down, you know, now that we're talking about just like anybody coming in to a doctor's office, but specifically for you, one of the things that I wrote down is, and I asked the same question to our friend Kelly, the veterinarian, um, veterinarian, 
<laughs> is what what do you yeah. what's like one thing that you wish everybody knew about eye care? The importance of eye care. Uh, like I said, optometry is a really small, it's a much smaller profession than say dentistry. Yeah. Uh, and people, people don't know that you need to get your eyes examined. Uh, you, you really should be getting routine eye care, not just to get your glasses or contacts updated, but to get those additional health checks and to make sure nothing else is yeah, going on. I, I want somebody to look at my brain once a year and make sure it's looking good <laughs> back there and making sure my blood vessels look good back there. I had no idea. Like I am, mm-hmm. I am 100, like on the next, on the next podcast She's recording, to you're going to hear me say, I went to my first eye doctor exam. Like, I'm so excited for you. I had so no glad. clue. That's, that's, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, 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 you know, you only have two eyes. I mean, out of all the things in the world, that's really important. I would assume that the senses are, you know, a huge, you know, part of that. Yeah. You serve, is there, you is there survey something? people and sight is the most is the sense that people fear of losing the most yeah of course because you're you know you're taking away like the privilege of being able to really understand and i'm gonna get really woo woo for a second like really understand the gifts and like the colors of the world that are so you know it's a blessing it's a blessing to be able to see it's a privilege to be able to see and people take that for granted i definitely take that for granted because you know i don't think two times about it unless i can't find my glasses and then i'm Mm -hmm. pissed um but, you know, part of that makes me ask, you know, as someone in your field, in your age bracket, in your, as, a, as a female, as a gender, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to assume heterosexual norm, uh, you know, like what, what are the things that you're noticing or maybe you're wishing that would be more prevalent? Because at least for architects, the reason I'm asking is because Things are changing. Design is changing. Um, the way that we go about building and creating and, and designing is always changing. And my generation is seeing how much of that old time whatever no longer applies here. So, like, what do you think eye care is starting to do and develop? Sorry, that got really intense. <laughs> but, like, I, I really want to know. I, yeah, I get what you're saying. Optometry used to be, if you, you know, go back 50 years, very much used to be glasses and contacts. That was kind of the bread and butter of what optometry did. And over time, it has become so much more medical. It's becoming more and more medical. And I'm you see less and less of the glasses and contacts. Granted, that is still a huge part of optometry is glasses and contacts, but it is becoming more and more medical. And that's for a couple different reasons. One, there is a shortage of ophthalmologists. Um, there are not very many ophthalmologists out there. Ophthalmology can be a competitive uh, medical residency to get into as well. So that's part of it. Uh, number two, the population is aging. And with an older population comes more health conditions, more health problems, more chronic health conditions that need to be taken care of. Like I mentioned, everyone's going to need cataract surgery eventually. As the population gets older, we need more people are getting cataract surgery. Uh, optometry is headed in the direction of being able to do minor surgical procedures. Some states already have it. Uh, I am trained on certain laser procedures and different injection skills and whatnot uh, that I would I would have the ability in some states if I wanted to, to take additional board exams to do some of those procedures. I am not doing cataract surgery or anything quite to that extent, but some of the smaller, smaller procedures that do exist out there, optometry is starting to get into because there's a need for it. Uh, wow. Just to touch on 
you know, the gender differences in optometry, it has actually flipped in recent years to be it's there's Mm -hmm. more females in optometry than there are males. And I believe that's for a few reasons. One, there can be a lot of job flexibility with optometry, which is really attractive. Uh, It is a little bit more. (laughs) It is a little bit more. Um, of a social Lauren and me no yeah. <laughs> Emma and I just gave each other a look we I'm like we talk about this all the time about we women's know. disability know. when it comes to the profession continue yeah mm-hmm. well and you know just with the, I'm getting mm-hmm. disability insurance right now because that's really important to have uh, for regardless of what field you're in yes. uh, and no, disability insurance is usually more expensive for females because we are more likely to become disabled which is unfortunate but um oh wait, I, I didn't know, know that, that either okay, jeez yep I just learned that last Why week is so. that? more likely <laughs> I'm talking to different insurance people but we're more likely we're, when like like men are out there, like you know how you know you see those like Facebook memes well, of like men on the ladders on the who are like about to fall to their death, <laughs> but I women are more likely re- to become disabled. <laughs> I had the same reaction, but then this is how it was explained to me: is that women are more likely to file for disability in the sense that okay. <laughs> You have to think about disability in a little bit of a different way. It all makes so sense now. Me as an op- me as an optometrist, if I break my arm, I can't do my job. So I am therefore qualified as disabled from my job and I would not be able to do my job and get my paycheck anymore. So disability insurance does is it covers you in that sense. Yeah. Or, you know, if I were to go blind in one eye, I can't do my job anymore. I can still work and I may not be considered disabled, but I would need the disability insurance. Wow. So it's those kind of things. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, that makes sense. Is this the same disability insurance that women take when they're pregnant? No. No, that's different. No, that's different. Okay, sorry. That's Don't like know. a medical leave. No, you're not Learning dumb. No, you're confusing. not dumb at all. No. It's very confusing. Everything, Everything about confusing. insurance is confusing. Thank you for validating me. You're not I dumb at all. I appreciate the validation. I'm convinced that's why I have to like wait two months to start my job because it takes okay. this much time to figure out all the different insurances that are going on and how to be licensed and how to get through all the so, minutia of So you said that that is only one reason, like the flexibility of yeah it's only one reason Uh, why that's more women dominated right now currently what are some other reasons i think this is my personal opinion but i think it's a little bit more of a social profession as far as the patient and doctor interaction i can sit down and talk with you a lot longer than um you know your family doctor usually has time to so i think yeah and i talked to nobody i think that might be part of it that's again that's my personal opinion i really like the social aspect of it when i talk to a lot of my classmates that's what they say too okay uh, one one reason that i hear a lot of people going into optometry as well is you actually can do quite a bit of different things with it so i'm choosing to go into practice to see patients you can also choose to go into industry uh, and work for you know a big contact lens company and work on work with them to help them develop their lenses a little bit more. You can do research. You can do any kind of eye health research or eye product research. There's all kinds of different things you can do with optometry itself. Uh, one thing that people don't always think about with the medical field either is it's pretty uh, legislative. There is a huge branch of legislation within a lot of medical fields. A lot of what I do is determined by the government. What I am allowed to do in Minnesota versus what I'm allowed to do in Wisconsin or Ohio, it's all different because it's dependent on 
it's dependent on what laws are set forth in that state. So there is a huge branch of optometry that is dedicated to just legislation and making sure that where our license allows us to do what we are taught in school. Um, for instance, the state of Massachusetts has not been able to treat glaucoma until this year. So wait, so that's just okay, regulating wait, like when you were talking about, oh, I can get certain licenses to do injections or smaller mm-hmm. surgeries. It's things like that that you're talking about, like legislating yes. what you as an optometrist are yeah. able to work on rather than like somebody who's doing all the surgeries. Exactly. So it's also determining what drugs I'm allowed to prescribe. Since optometrists do not go to medical school, there is a lot of debate on, you know, what drugs we should be allowed to prescribe, how long we should prescribe them for, yeah. are we properly okay. trained to monitor the side effects. This is That's interesting. So I take a bunch of pharmacology, so I'm very well versed in what medications and what I'm allowed to prescribe. But depending on what state I'm in, I may not be able to prescribe that drug. And why? So it. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm I'm just okay, I'm just thinking. And so why is this legislation creating more women in eye doctory? I went on a little bit of a tangent there. So I was just there's a bunch of different things you can do with optometry. Oh yes, yes, yes. Okay, I'm so sorry. That was an awful no, question. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Move oh, on. God, stop being so mean. Don't be so mean I'm to yourself. Like- <laughs> sorry. I was was never specific enough. She's like, stop being so mean. And then I think, oh my God, am I being mean to to our friend Megan? And she's like, stop being mean to yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I always speak in the third person when we're we're mean to each other. I'm like, oh my God, why are we so mean to our friend? And it's like ourselves talking to each other. (laughs) Anyways, that's okay. Well, first of all, insurance wise, you know, screw the insurance companies because like they only hinder in many regard and there's, it's too complicated to understand and always call your provider if you're trying to get new things, because it's the only way you're going to find information that makes sense. Secondly, it makes sense to me, not only as to why there's more females. I mean, we went along with the the comment with the veterinarian thing, you know, and the therapist. Again, we, we talked about this. It's a caregiving scenario that females benefit from because it's in our body, in our biology. And 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 I'm not going to go down that road. Okay. <laughs> But ultimately, you're, you're, you're pointing out a really important aspect here is like optometry as a whole does not only consist of poking and prying people's eyeballs, it consists of the, of the baggage, the education that, that stems from this whole entire uh, a career path. You know, you're, you're looking at the research, you're, you're understanding what the eyes are doing, you're developing products, you're, you're making sure the tools in which these people are using are actually mm-hmm. doing the job that we mm-hmm. need. You're in, you're inventing new ways to create a better system so that people can have better eye care. I think people forget that a lot with most career systems. They go, it's a one-way system. There's only one path. There's only one way to go here. It's like, dude, there's like a million different things yeah. you can do in this field. And, and that's so, so, I mean, so it's so relatable too, because even when we were talking about why are there more women veterinarians that's one of the things that kelly brought up is that you can do all these different things and now that i'm thinking about it it's so naive for us to just think of a profession as one thing because even when i tell people about engineering i could i can spout off a hundred different like career paths that you can take through engineering just very similarly to this so really i think number one that it says that women are drawn to very versatile positions. And then number two, maybe Shout I should out. think for five more seconds about what an eye doctor does but, than 
prescribed glasses. But Lauren, look at Megan is pointing out. Not only did Megan point it out, but Candace did, and so did Kelly. And we were talking about it all the time with our professions is that our system, our educational system does not um, produce enough uh, knowledge. Good questioning. Yes. We, we, knowledge. And not even we, just we don't understand. education, just like the our society doesn't ask these questions. Correct. That's Correct. so interesting. It's the same problem with third world countries everybody thinks that africa is a is only a simple minded uh, no technological base con- uh, country and continent it's like it's not true at all like there are so many things in this world that we don't ask enough questions yes. about because the society doesn't allow us to and or it never presents and itself. also and now we're here and now a we're lot of times it. these legislations and these education systems are in fact the things that are hindering us and women and minorities from correct. like pursuing these yeah, things correct. and getting further than we can i can't even imagine i don't want to go down the race um department because i'm not um, educated enough to stand on here and say that this is what i feel and this is what i think is how people are suffering but i know that women of color and minority-based systems are suffering the most when it comes to healthcare. Yeah. Um, so I can't even imagine that what you're describing for a typical patient doesn't even look or or does look even more extreme in those particular groups and those particular. Systems. Oh yeah, and how eye care would even be different in different re- like just like in different regions of different states, like the poor people in wherever exactly. who can't get glaucoma treatment. Yeah, they're gonna drive yeah. a can can I, they like drive across the border and get service? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, oh and we goodness. we had to take a public health class as well too, and we talked a little bit about you know where are the eye health oh, disparities cool. in the in in the country, and you know what can we do to fix that, and uh, you know legislation is a big part of that too. Like, do we have access to these places? Like, are we able to treat what we need to be able to treat in these areas? And that those are the really important things. And I'm so thankful that we have people that are willing to get up and fight for our profession. That's something that I hope I can get into a little bit more here now too. That I'm out of school and start to get involved with that so we can make sure that we're able to practice and well good for you go get it girl (laughs) yeah yeah you power to the man um are there any organizations that you can think of i mean if you can't obviously no worries we can always put it in the description later that like you know that are wealth uh, you know that are really well worth supporting yeah infancy is a big one uh that's the one that kind of gets you into early eye exams they are free and infancy eye exam is free uh and the biggest thing that I always tell people is just go in and get your eye exam. <laughs> like, just go get an eye exam. You will learn so much. They will have so much information there for you. Um, the American Optometric Association is uh, kind of the lobbying aspect of optometry. They're the big legislative group. There's always a lot of good information on there, too. And they have a great uh, website yes. where you can learn more about, you know, what optometrists are able to do and how we're able to do it. And then uh, the American Academy of Optometry is kind of where all the education aspect comes from. So that's where, you know, all the research on, okay, what's the next treatment that we're going to have for macular degeneration? Or what's the best way that we can make this contact lens more comfortable? Or uh, how can we improve the health of uh, our contact lens wearers? Uh, How do we treat glaucoma better? What what are different surgical procedures that might help this condition? Or is this medication going to work better? Uh, Those kind of things come from Mm -hmm. the academy. That's great. Wow. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. I have more questions. <laughs> Wait, this is, I don't care. Yeah, like let's just stay on the phone until 2 a.m., all right? Um 
Okay. If you're still listening. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. This is just a slight transition. I mean, we were a little off topic, but here's what I want to talk about. And I'm just going to give a little background about myself for no particular reason, but I think that it might help other people. It might help Megan. So here's the thing. Uh, I was going to say, this is your we, podcast. Oh, yeah. This yeah, is my podcast. I can talk about whatever I want. Okay. This exactly. is Lauren, Lauren and Emma's podcast. Lauren is speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Shout out. What a moment. <laughs> okay. My name is Lauren, and something I have not talked about on this podcast is that for many, many years, I learned and am very into American Sign Language and and learning about loss of hearing and deaf culture and everything like that. I'm not an expert. I'm not fluent in sign language, but like I know a lot of facts and things about it. Yeah. And so Lauren had her own club in college. Yeah. That's cool. President of the American Sign Language Club, Hala, if you're listening to anybody who I've, there are videos of me on YouTube, not only for this podcast, but of me with like teaching the alphabet and teaching vocab words. And I really want to be YouTube famous. So like, just feel free to look that up. I'll, I'll send you a link. Anyway, this is not you could okay. be YouTube famous if we put our podcast on the YouTube. I, I don't think that it will help, but I'm willing to try. We could do like a video lesson of I could teach you sign language on the podcast. That would be so funny. I love ironic (laughs) things like that. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So this is this is all for me to say that I have a lot more knowledge about hearing versus rather than sight. And I also work in a manufacturing profession. So I am always in a manufacturing environment where there's very loud machinery going on. So worrying about the health of my hearing is actually something that's like usually on the foresight of my mind. And so I know that I can wear earplugs to, and, and I know that like if I damage my hearing at this young of an age and like, you know, machinists at my work will be like, Lauren, you got to put on these earplugs. Like, I don't want you to ruin your hearing like I have or whatever. And I always really appreciate that. And I like to think about it. So here is my question for our lovely friend, Megan. I have a little (laughs) prop here in my studio. And these are my blue light glasses that are very trendy that I bought on (laughs) Amazon.com. And not that I'm promoting Amazon in any way, but I bought these blue light glasses. and, and And here's my question. Is this the best way to protect my eyes? And does it actually do anything? Or is this just a trend? Please tell me. All right, so <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how people on. are gonna like this. She's gonna say sometimes, some, maybe. There has been some recent research that has come out. This has been a long debate in the eye care community. Here's what we know about blue I'm light. About to throw down. Blue light can affect our sleep cycles. That's just a general. That's a medical fact that people have figured out is that blue light will affect our sleep cycles. It kind of affects our circadian rhythms a little bit. Okay. And that is the light that comes from your phone. It comes from your phone. Your but computers. here's the thing. You want to know where you get the most blue light from? The sun. The sun. The sun. The sun. Get out of the town. Sun. The amount that comes from your computer screens and your phone screens is so much less than what you get exposed to every day just from the sun alone. So here's what we have found what out with the hell? eyes. As far as blue light affecting the eyes, we don't know the direct effects exactly. However, we do know that blue light filters on glasses do not affect the health of the eyes. So when people ask me about blue light filters, I tell them what I just told you is that there is no evidence that proves that they are helping or, or harming 
the eyes in any sense. Okay. What I But they so, make me feel better. Then that yeah, and that's perfectly valid. And Some people do swear like by this, them. I don't like this I love. Okay, well, but, okay, so here is my real question. Mm-hmm. What is the equivalent of me wearing earplugs? What is the best way that I can protect my eyesight and prolong good vision? Yep. Wear safety glasses when you're in an like mowing lawn, doing any sort of machine Amen. work. Wear safety glasses. Please wear your safety glasses. Please 100% wear your safety all glasses. the time. Uh, I have dug way too many. So you're just saying like physi- physically protect wear, my eyes well, from outside wear your safety elements. Glasses. Yep. Um, don't smoke. Smoking can really wreak havoc on our eyes really bad. It can. It can. Is that all smoking? Yes. Is that nicotine only? All smoking. Or is that just, just smoke? don't smoke? Well, I should probably just stop. don't smoke. <laughs> just don't smoke. Lord's like again. And if you're smoking, stop it. I'm like Emma, Please. what? Like how often are you smoking? <laughs> She looks guilty. Like do we need that's, to talk. Uh, that's hearsay. Oh my goodness. And do you care about your eyes? I do now. Now I'm like, crap. I gotta stop the weed, or I gotta put safety glasses on while I smoke. And to all the to all the smokers out there, when your doctor asks you, you know, are you interested in quitting? Would you like to help quit? It's not that we're trying to be annoying. It's that we actually care about you. And we want, if you want the help, we want to try to help you. If you say no, we'll respect that. But just don't shut us down right yeah. when we ask if you want help quitting. Okay, so um, don't smoke. Wow. Yep. Wear sunglasses when you're outside. All the and time. And when it's sunny, wear sunglasses. I have really sensitive eyes. I wear sunglasses when it rains sometimes. Um. <laughs> okay, I could wear sunglasses um, more. I have some cute sunglasses. Wear sunglasses, get some fun frames, protect your eyes when you're outside, especially when you're around okay. like water or snow. Uh, and then eating, everyone hates this, eating bright, colorful fruits and vegetables. That's the best you can that do. sounds like my regular doctor. Yep. Well, those are really important, especially when it comes to things like macular degeneration. You see those eye vitamins that are advertised on TV oh, all the time. I got to put the cheese. The studies uh, on those eye vitamins, they don't work until you get to the intermediate stages of macular degeneration. It's see, best just to get it from your diet. Well, honestly, like, I think this is really helpful because I thought I was being so awesome wearing my blue light glasses and and wearing my safety glasses at work in my manufacturing environment. But Mm -hmm. I could wear sunglasses more in saying that Mm -hmm. I'm just protecting my eyes and hoping to keep the decent vision that I have. Yeah, exactly. And there there is some a little bit of evidence, too, that if you wear sunglasses and just kind of well just protect your eyes from uv damage in general it can slow the progression of cataracts so okay but like so lauren being born with maculate eyes and her eyesight supposedly is 2020 we don't know right now she's (laughs) gonna find out and me does not have a good prescription is 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 my genetic makeup the reason why i had to wear glasses so young or is like i think am i better than emma (laughs) <laughs> that's what i'm trying to ask because i'm really upset right now no but like i just want to know because what did just i do like as in a the kid last that... two episodes ago i'm just better than all of you <laughs> because we're we're describing two we're describing a few things we're describing how like medically we could just be born a certain way and we have these issues yeah. happen to us or like we can prevent them by you know creating a better environment for our eyes but like what did i do wrong why am i wearing glasses emma you didn't do anything wrong <laughs> 
It is likely your genetic makeup. Uh, there God is damn. research right now about <laughs> about if you're nearsighted. Uh, nearsightedness is something that often onsets when kids are in elementary school, middle that school. That was me. I couldn't see the board. Yeah, so nearsightedness is when you can't see books. a distance, but you can see up close. And seeing not being able to see the board is a common thing. Or oh. taking the driver's test and you didn't pass the driver's test. You didn't pass the vision portion. Um, those are things that we hear. I did not. They had to make me um, wear glasses. They are finding ways that we can actually slow the progression of nearsightedness now. It's called myopia control or myopia myopia management, I guess is what they're, is what they're called it now where we can uh, catch the early signs of nearsightedness in children at their annual eye exams and then we can actually intervene to make sure that doesn't progress to the point Um, because if you become too nearsighted that can put you at risk for additional eye conditions later on in life that we can't fix with glasses or contacts do you know i have like 20 million more questions i know i I know exactly you know what i mean like eyes are so fascinating here's my um this is going to be like an annoying question, but like, is there any new research that like that's showing since learning and jobs are being done on the computer almost mm-hmm. full time now? Like, is that going to hurt people's right. long sight like vision? Me. And I don't just it, pretend like I'm saying the right words. Long sight. Long sight vision. Yeah. <laughs> long sight vision. Far sighted. There you go. <laughs> Near sighted. Uh, a lot of that is ongoing still, Lauren, just because yeah, I figure still in the pandemic and it takes a long time for research to come out. But with the oh, I just had two more. But questions. with all of the near vision, you know, the kids are doing their on screens pretty much 24 7 now just because they have to be for school thankfully a lot of people are like starting sh- to head back into school but we should also uh, just trust that our eyes are like adjusting to that right so one of the biggest things that we have seen that i've seen in a lot of patients coming in right now is eye strain like their eyes just feel yeah. tired they feel and they get a headache like frontal headaches yep you get the frontal headaches the eyes are dry which dry eye a lot of times manifests as your eyes actually don't stop watering which is a little bit confusing but a lot well it makes sense because nearsighted you can't see far and farsighted you can't see near so i understand about the <laughs> but if you're but if you're nearsighted you can see up close you can see near. You are nearsighted. Son of a- <laughs> so right? confusing. Well, of course she's right. Why is that the I'm most confused. confusing okay, thing wait. that we've talked about the entire nearsighted, time here? She was I like, I can see your brain. And I was like, all right. Far. And I can't even know what the term for like short vision, <laughs> long vision is. <laughs> We're not doing math. We're not she doing was long like, division. She was Lauren. like concave, convex. She was like the nurse in the back of your brain go all the way to the back. Of, and I was like, got it, got it. Remember the textbook page. Like reverse image, bingo. But like how, I'm at a loss. when, And I'm sitting here going like, <laughs> is this why they invented bifocals? Well, I'm like, <laughs> I was honestly like, oh my God, we didn't even talk about headaches. Like we didn't even mm-hmm. talk about how your eyes like a- affecting like. You're like the other Lauren, physical bring things. Megan back on because I want to, <laughs> I want to have another talk about migraines. Oh so gosh. we can talk about. Yeah, eyes. that's like a whole different. That's like a whole different monster. Yeah, it really we're gonna, is. We'll call we'll call Megan in when we talk about my migraine problem, and we'll we'll have her talk about. There that. we go. But as far as the eye strain in regards to you know the pandemic and everyone working from home, we are seeing a lot of that. Uh, And because of that, we're seeing a lot of binocular vision problems come up. And what that means is that binocular vision is when the two eyes, so binocular, don't work well together. 
And a lot of us, oh. a lot of the general population has some uh, form of a binocular vision just offset. Either the eyes aren't perfectly aligned or there's just a little bit of an offset. Mm-hmm. And we're generally mm-hmm. able to deal with it okay. from day to day. But now that we've, we're all working up close and our eyes are having to converge and look up close all the time, we're starting to notice some of those things that are causing our eyes to strain. Is that why you taught me the 2020 exactly why I taught you the 2020 rule. So the 2020 rule. Thank God. I was like, somebody tell me right now. <laughs> um, is for every 20 minutes of near work that you're doing. So like either on the computer or reading a book. After 20 minutes, you should look away at something that is at least 20 feet away. Okay. For 20 for 20 seconds. Oh, that I thought you were going to say 20 Crazy. minutes. I was like, exactly. I was no. on Excel all day today. I didn't have time to like look up. <laughs> no. So it's super easy. I literally Every 20 did, minutes, I look literally away. analyzed data all day today, which That's so funny. in my manufacturing world like is is usually not what I do for a full day, but I'm always okay, on the computer, so, yeah. and I always forget. If to I'm away. analyzing data, twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and then all I'm going to do is I'm going to look up. I'm going to look twenty feet away from myself for twenty seconds, and I'm going to pretend like I'm not at work and pretend like I'm taking a nap, and then I'm going to go back to working. Amazing. And don't forget to blink. And to blink. Yeah, that's blink. also blinking that's is also good. A fun fact: whenever you do up close work on your computer or reading a book or whatever near work you're doing that day our blink rate actually goes down by half and that causes your eyes to dry out which yeah. leads to other problems so yep. yeah I so mean, why I is it bad if my eyes dry out blinking. so the tears are the first thing that the light hits is before it goes into your eye i feel and like she so- just wanted to say just because like <laughs> because <laughs> just because that's, that's just, just how that's it, just is. What it is she's like wrapping because it it's bad born no. <laughs> Go to the eye doctor. Lauren, just get on the, just go to the doctor, Lauren, and get your I eyes I am legit going to go to the eye doctor with like 50 more questions, and I'm going to be like, <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, why is it bad? Megan, and she's an optometrist, and I have so many questions. And I'm going to be like, so why is it bad if this happens? And they're going to be like, has that happened to you? And I'm going to be like, no, just hypothetically. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. Can you dilate my eyes? Why? I really was told you need to do it all the time. Okay, but like you have someone to drive you home? No, I just need to be my eyes dilated. Why do we have bifocals? What's in your car incited? And why are we, where, what's happening? Oh, this is Can great. I see even though my eyes are closed? <laughs> That's what I want to know. One of the. Oh, why can I? Okay, okay. I have so many. Okay, sorry. This is. It's going to be a weird this question. Is what when you have people. Okay. I'm ready. So when you close your eyes. Yeah. When you close your eyes, obviously, like, your eyes aren't, like, your eyeballs are not closed. It's just your lids. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make that clarify. Some people might think the way I do. (laughs) So, like, when you are in a room with light, I'm going to close my eyes so I can think about this. When you're in a room with light and you can see the light reflecting over your skin into your eyes. She also has her eyes closed. (laughs) I have to have my eyes closed. Okay. We're picturing this. And, like, when you look around with your eyes closed. And you can see the dark uh, circle that's like moving around. Mm-hmm. Is that my pupil, or what is? What am I? What is? What is dark happening? circle? What, what part of that? Sh- the shadow that is created when you're moving your eyes around. That is the you know after image of the light that you saw before you closed your eyes. Amazing. So okay, that I understand. 
Emma, I someone showed me this in lab one time, and I thought of you instantly because we were talking about putting on like eyeliner, and you tried to put eyeliner on me one time, and we all know that that doesn't work well on me. But if you close your no, eyes, if you close your eyes me. gently, don't like push really hard. But if you close your eyes gently, and you just kind of gently like poke the top part of your eye, like over your eyelid, you can kind of see the light a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like the blue. Yeah, because you're like activating those retinal cells that receive the light oh that's so cool Mm -hmm. okay sorry i have this is not me encouraging you to poke your eye at all but some people say like oh when i'm putting eyeshadow on i notice that i see like like my eyes close and i when i put eyeshadow on i see like a light reflex almost when i put my eyeshadow on and that's what that is that makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah Okay. And as I quote Billie Eilish, where do we go when we sleep? What happens to our eyes? <laughs> they're like I know like we, we Well like cat's like, eyes like roll backwards, right? Sleep. What do I rise to? Yeah, like where where are my eyeballs? Depends if you're in REM or not. I don't know too much about that because sleep cycles are can be very different. Um but okay. some people we'll yeah, that yeah, that can get there's a lot that goes into that. <laughs> I'll call you in a year when you're like in the profession Sounds more. Good. <laughs> okay, well that was a okay. lot, and I'm I'm pretty much I, good to go. But Lauren, I have one you more, keep going. one more, because you because we were talking about the eyelid thing, and okay, the, maybe we're even going to cut this out because this is just like it's kind of a gross question. <laughs> I don't like talking about it. I it's have greasy gross. eyelids. Like That's like a <laughs> skin thing, right? <laughs> okay, this is normal. Oily, oily eyelids. Yeah. Um, Remember, we're normalizing things we don't really. Every talk about. few months, I get a sty on mm-hmm. my eyelid, on my lower eyelid, and it hurts like a like a jerk, and I hate it. And then, but like, there's not much that you can do about it. Like, there's like the sty thing that you can buy at the store, but it's really just to like. N- help with the pain and the itching relief and then i just use these like eye wipes to help clean my eyelids but like what what's up with styes without telling me anything gross about pus you should tell your Why do you eye have to doctor say the word when you see them oh really yeah, is Lauren. that bad oh mm-hmm. i will i promise you should tell your eye doctor my mom and they gets can a, help you oh. out with that <laughs> yeah. okay but like so my actually, family members get come them in too so it's definitely like a genetic thing it can be. Wait, can you, so it can wait, be. so can you do something about it? Like, can they help mm-hmm. me? Oh my gosh! Yeah, they can, wait, are you yeah. kidding me? No. Like, there's a no, solution Lauren. to this problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll give you some ideas and some things to try to help prevent them. But I can tell you what a sty actually is if you want me to. Oh, I mean, I I've googled. I've been on that Google trail. Okay. Like. Okay. Wait, I, I know what's know. happening. <laughs> but, like, I just it, want it you, not can you do to happen. A PC version. It's just like. It's kind of like a pimple on your eyelid. It's just like an irritation that builds up like a fluid, right? So I've never had that. Kind of. So along our eyelid margins, kind of right where the eyelashes attach to the eyelid, we have a bunch of little oil glands there. And those oil glands actually secrete onto the front part of the eye to help keep the tears from evaporating because water and oil don't mix. And so the oil keeps the liquid tears from evaporating off. That's so cool. So that makes a lot of sense. Those oil glands can sometimes start to get clogged, and instead of being a, a nice smooth like olive oil that goes onto the eye, it becomes more of like a butter or like 
a yeah. more not as liquid oil. And when that starts Why to build did up, I understand that. <laughs> and when that starts to build up, it can sometimes get infected and become a sty, or you get a bump there and you can feel the bump there. So that's what a sty is. You do not so want one, Emma. They freaking suck. Oil, Let me tell you, it is the worst. Yeah. Brianna used to get them. I mean, and that's that's know, kind of like similar. And that's why I related it to like a pimple, because a pimple is when the pore yep. that's regulating the oil on your skin gets clogged. It cannot like breathe and it gets irritated yep. and whatever. There's buildup. Yep. And a bunch of different things can cause them. Sometimes it can be from dry eye. Sometimes it can be that's just the way your oil glands are. But there are there are things that they can do to help you that's kind of prevent the way it them. Is. Oh my gosh, that is going to be like the number number one question. I would be like, how how do I never have this again? Oh my goodness. Yeah, just tell them that you you I have a because it's like all the time on the regular. Is it always in the same. Is it always in the same spot? Uh, kind of yeah, That's I would say to tell them too. I would say like. More than fifty percent. You don't have twenty twenty vision. Hey, I got good. Eye. Hey, you. You know, I have good eyes, but like, I have you receding gums. If that skin? makes you feel better, if we ever I, have. What does that mean? I meant I'm for. I have that. I too, also had braces for five years. So. Me too. You did, did Megan? I did. I had braces, the herps appliance, the expander. I had everything. Oh my god! I had headgear, Megan. Ugh. We're like besties. We are. I do not. She's it. like, yes, Lauren, we are, aren't we? No, I was telling, I was telling Emma that we were gonna get along really well. So, I told you, you guys relate a lot. It makes sense. You're both Catholic. You both have. Yeah, brown we didn't hair, even talk about friendship awesome. at all yet. Oh my god, you're both dating engineers. Like, come on now. There's clearly some similarities. Oh, we didn't talk about friendship. Yeah, but that's even... okay. We all we're all connected. We're all connected. Megan and I are very similar, which makes sense why Emma likes us both and Emma gets along with us both. Yeah, thank God that they like me back <laughs> because, my goodness, I'm a lot. You're like, you're, they're, you're the wild person in our life. Yeah. I think this podcast is not only coming to flourishing when it comes to like what Lauren and I want in a relationship with our friends and our families and our significant others, but it's really giving me some anxiety because all of my friends who have never been connected before are starting to be connected. Oh. And I'm like, if all of us were in a room together, I don't know what to do. Oh, I, I like, understand that friend. anxiety. I totally understand yeah. what you mean. You know what I mean? I'm like, what if they don't like you? Or like, what if you don't like them? I'm like, I don't like that because I like them so much and I want them to be liked by you as well. Oh my well. gosh, isn't that the worst when somebody's like, ugh, do you like that person? Be like, I literally, that, like, I like that person more than I like you. Like, please stop talking to me. <laughs> See, that's, that's our next episode. We're going to talk about what's it like to be liked. What's it like to be liked? Megan, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. We really appreciate your knowledge. You're really well spoken. I, I I give you a 10 out of 10. I know that your patients and everybody you meet moving forward are really going to appreciate that and like enjoy it. I, I, I wish you the best in your first year of actual working. And like, I can't even imagine how it was getting your degree during COVID and like good job there. But like, wow. Thank wow. You. That was like, so really, like, you. yeah, like absolutely. That was so like, nice. <laughs> You know, what do I know? But I feel like you're going to be doing a great job. Like, I would love, I I would let you poke my eyeball any day. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, you got, you got Lauren to convince herself she's going to go to the eye doctor. So I think you're already I doing so, a great yeah, job. Yeah, see? So, so be like, hey, you know, you've already, 
You've already helped one person get one step closer to good eye health care. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad you're going to go. That's right. <laughs> honestly, like, honestly, we threw a lot of very different questions at you that were very technical that you already know well and like learned a long time ago. But thank you so much because this was just, I feel like it was time very well spent and I had a great time and I feel like I learned a lot and like, this was so much fun. So really like, honestly, I, I really enjoyed meeting you and I cannot wait to like talk to you again. Well, thanks guys. Yeah, no, this was a lot of fun. This is, like I said, this is the part that I enjoy about what I'm doing is like telling people what's going on with their eyes and like, you know, I've had these styes my whole life and I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah, go tell your eye doctor that. Like, they'll be happy to help you out. That's what I, that's, that's what we do. We'll, we'll help you. <laughs> so, no, this was a lot of fun. Awesome. So, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Is there anything that you want to plug or talk about, like last minute advice, maybe some advice to a young girl wanting to think about going into optometry? Yeah, do a lot of shadowing. Any optometrist will be more than happy to have you come shadow them. They're always super excited. Every optometrist I've ever talked to has always been like, yes, please send me whoever you want to come see what we do. We'll show them around. We'll go out for lunch. We'll do all kinds of fun things. Uh, I'm just going to do a little plug. Don't buy your contact lenses from sketchy online contact lens vendors. Thank you. <laughs> Thank Unless, you. Unless like, they're uh, like approved time. from your eye doctor, right? Like, yes. Right, right. Gotcha. And usually they probably get that from a supplier. So like, they're not weird. Don't use sketchy websites for contact lenses. Okay. Amazing. Leave it at that. Smart. Leave it at that. Yeah. Don't, you don't, you don't want to end up with an eye patch. Okay. Nope. Nope. Okay. Real quick. Remember everybody, go to your eye doctor, appreciate your eye doctor, get your eyes checked, ask questions. Don't be nice to them. Go because they can know that like, discover early on like lots of other very scary things Mm -hmm. that's kind of cool and they're the only person who can see your brain and your blood vessels without cutting you open i was just gonna say yeah for real but like (laughs) you know sorry i just a last minute question i have is like are there um places where people who don't have insurance or can't afford healthcare at the moment or really need just some spotting to go to to get some eye checked um, that would be convenient and without a lot of fear of what could come after. Yeah, I don't have a website or anything right off the top of my head, but I would definitely call your local eye doctor and ask there's no harm in asking if you don't have insurance. They might have a lot of pl- places might offer um, self-pay discounts so that you can still get in for an eye exam. And even if they don't do that, uh, any local office that you call will know of somewhere in the area where you can go to get uh, to get the care that you need. Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been another episode of The Oak View. We will be back again soon with more episodes but please like follow subscribe subscribe i don't know know what i just said (laughs) but send it to your friends who want to know more about their eyes and send it to your friends who have good vision and don't go to the eye doctor all right thank you and good night bye guys Thank you again for listening to The Oak View. You can follow Lauren and Emma on Instagram at The Oak View Podcast, O-A-K-V-I-E-W Podcast, or email us at theoakviewpodcast at gmail.com.